did have something to say, or preach rather, until about two o'clock this morning. Yeah, I don't know. These guys, great preachers, they're all over, man, and they can, they can just, man, they preach stuff, and the Lord lets them re-preach stuff. And I struggle enough just to preach one message and man maybe get something good to say out of that and just feel oh man proud about that and the Lord never let me preach it again what's wrong with that picture I know now why the Lord changed what I was felt led or thought to preach there's a phenomenal presence of the Lord here this morning let me say you have a wonderful church and beautiful leadership and appreciate your pastor and his wife and the staff many many very talented folks and not just singing and not just music but in in just being genuine Christians and I want to tell you uh, you will never understand your pastor the decisions he has to make the burdens that he and his wife carry the families that they're dealing with that are so fragile at the moment and be careful your words that you use behind closed doors because what you see with the natural eye I promise you has nothing in its complete measure and weight of what is the reality of what you're seeing. And so, in honoring your pastor, and I thank you so much for doing that, and his family, just want to say, uh, love them and pray for them often. Amen. Hold them up in prayer. Amen. Speak kind words to them. And every time you're tempted, we are human, right? Every time you're tempted to say, why didn't he do it this way? Or why they didn't do it that way? Amen. Just remember, there are many different things that are hinged upon what they're dealing with in life. Good to be here. Love my wife. Appreciate her and my children and my in-laws and all God's wonderful people. Sometimes I can see you, sometimes I can't. Amen. Uh, Seems like in the lack of rest and my vision gets dim and the more rest I get to see good and Rest hasn't been my friend lately, and you can understand that. I want to read just a few passages of Scripture and a very well-connected chapter in the Bible that I'm just, I told you I was going to be real, and it certainly won't sermonize this morning, and uh, will probably be sporadic upon what I have to say, and I do not do me well. I don't like talking about me, but at 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, the Lord, I'm telling you, really struck me with a a passage. And I want to read that for you. If you will stand for the reading of the word of the Lord, Psalms chapter 23. Now, I I have my opinion on some of these characters in the Bible. Uh, you, You know, you read a passage of scripture, and man, you want to be like them. Well, I think David was bipolar. That's just my, you, you call it like you see it, and I'll call it uh, like I see it. But uh, it's probably one of the more positive notes, because he does, 
he veers off from chapter to chapter and uh, jumps around and, and all of his phrases that seem so beautiful and, and so rosy are, are shifted and they, they become very broken and very painful and uh, you sense the level of agony that is uh, leaked out through the passages of scripture. But he's on his game, but he does not, he does not fail to make an insert of, of the possibilities of a struggle. The Lord is my shepherd, I, I shall not want. Well, maybe not at this moment. I remember some moments he was wanting. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Everybody say, everything's good. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of his righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though. He, had a, he, he recollected something right here. It's almost like out of the smoothness of the pen, there was a little rigid edge right there. And he goes, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me, thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth. Over surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Pardon me on my carnality, pastor in church this morning, on my, my title. Don't leave me now, Lucille. Don't leave me now, Lucille. Would you help me pray for God to speak to us in this place? Lord, we thank you. We need you. We need your strength. We need your power and your anointing today. My will is God, your will today. My heart is your heart to reach for your people and those that are present. Help me to do it in a timely manner today, God. And we give you glory in this place and let the church say amen. God bless you and you may be seated. Thank you for all your prayers and uh, continued prayers. We appreciate that. The writer said that when I I fall, I shall arise. They teach us in homiletics that you are to, in the very first few words or phrases of your message, that you are supposed to put everything together and and this release a positive note, what you're trying to accomplish. And so when the writer said, when I fall, I shall arise, I want to make sure that you are clear that when you stumble, when you are in trouble, when you are hurting, when you are broken, when you are bruised, amen, it does not matter how low you go in God's economy. There is something about the greatness of God that he has a way of, just kind of reminds me of the old clown. I know clowns are not too popular these days. Uh, Reminds me of the old clown that we had as just a young child that was filled with the sand uh, at the bottom of it. And you blow it up with air and and you could just punch it and and beat on it all you want. There's some days I wish I had one today as an adult. Can I get an amen? I'm going to be real today. And uh, you you can punch it and that's not matter how aggressive you get with it. You feel an feeling pretty heroic, you can hit it pretty good and it'll probably slide clean across the room and and all of a sudden it just bounced right back up. 
I do want to say today that there is that same mentality in our relationship with God that he has a way of picking things back up quickly in spite of how low you may go. And I know I'm in the Holy Ghost today because God spoke to me very clearly. But uh, David said, uh, you know, you know, I, I love you, Lord, and I appreciate you and you all that I need. And at this season of life, at this juncture in life, it's easy for, for me to stand and and to allow beautiful accolades to be discharged from my vocabulary. And, and, and it's easy, God, for my verbiage to compliment you and praise you and, and magnify you. Because after all, all the bills are paid. After all, man, the kids are happy and they're healthy and uh, they're not complaining and they're not fighting. I don't know whose kids you have. <laughs> the car cranks and... Apparently, they had some division in this church recently. I was in the men's bathroom, and I saw a Ford uh, decoration and also a Chevrolet decoration. And now, if I was a Dodge guy, I'd start a war all by myself. <laughs> but there is something about going through things that you may not understand. But I, I, many years ago, I, I was on these wild kicks of... Uh, uh, I went. I went to Europe and took a train and went everywhere's BC before Crystal, and, and went everywhere's and done everything. And now she just claims I'm boring. I won't bring her anywhere's. <laughs> you need to laugh a little bit. <laughs> Somebody say, "Don't leave me now, Lucille." <laughs> I went to California on a trip and was headed to a conference and went through Death Valley, and. Uh, being adventurous or thinking that I wanted to be adventurous. And you know us men, we like to, we, we, we like to be proud and we're, we're, we're invincible and we can't be destroyed and we can do all these great things. And, man, there was this massive mountain when I was coming through Death Valley. I said, I'm going to climb this mountain. I was in the valley, and so I parked the car and I, I get out. I didn't have the proper gear, but, uh, you know, we're men and we don't need all that stuff, right? We don't read directions. I wish I'd get an amen from our ladies today. Well, I'll pick on you too, ladies. You know, I found out that it takes 1,200,000 mosquitoes to bite you and suck one time to drain all the blood out of your body. Pretty interesting. I also found out that only female mosquitoes bite. I figured it out. I figured it out. I was studying the anatomy some time back and realized that there is gold in your body. Most of the gold that is in your body is in your bloodline. Go figure why it's female mosquitoes biting you. But I started climbing this mountain in Death Valley, and uh, I'm watching time closely. It don't mean anything, but I'm watching. It just makes you feel better. And I'm climbing, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting close to the, to the top of the mountain when all of a sudden, you know, didn't, didn't read uh, Mountain Climbing 101, all of a sudden, I, I put my hand in the wrong place, and there are a swarm of bees. Not a good place to be swarming while I'm, I'm trying to uh, conquer the mountain. And not one of them bit me. Not one. And when I'm at the top, I, or stung me rather, when I'm at the top, I looked down and I could see a dot. That was my vehicle, and I thought, Man, I could see so far, and it's so amazing, and it's beautiful. And I've seen some things in Death Valley that I didn't know uh, 
was taking place in, in, in our government, and, and I won't disclose some of that. That's not part of my message today. But I, I made my way down, and I'm all alone and all by myself, and I'm thinking the best thing I could do is just get out and get out fast. And the mountaintop was nice, but the valley wasn't too bad. After all, it was, you know, it was solid ground. And, and the, the beautiful thing about, about the valley is that you are, you're on the, the bottom plate, honey. You, you can't go any lower. I told somebody, how you doing? I said, I'm doing pretty good. I said, I feel so low I could rub the belly of a grasshopper right now. <laughs> I, I, and I don't like to talk about me, but I'm going to have to talk about me today. David can give a discourse of the very positive things that transpired in the Scripture. But Isaiah said it in 43 in verse 7, Everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory, and I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Nudge your neighbor for a moment and say, God himself made you. When, when you look at what God is trying to do in, in your personal life, you think, man, uh, I, I like waking up to normal. You know, a, a regular normal, just wake up, enjoy the, the morning sun and drink a cup of coffee and, and it's wonderful. But every now and again in your personal life that there is a transition that takes place and, and normal is so far from reality. And, and the things that you were so accustomed of doing has been readjusted in your lives and I'm, I'm going to help you today. I promise you there are a couple of folks that are really hurting today. I sense it. Besides me. <laughs> and you're going through things and you don't understand. I found out something about, about life recently. How many like sunshine? Love the serotonin and the stuff that makes you feel good and all that. Thank God he delivered me. I'd be a candidate for a drug addict or something. God is so powerful. What? Because he allows the sun to shine. And if the sun only shined, you know what that is a recipe for? A desert. No rain, no storms, no wind, no surface. Might have a tree and just the sun. It probably willed away and wouldn't have no, no roots in it. But God has a way of loving people so much that he reaches down in your little comfortable zone. And he says, look, I want to help you today. And, and, you know, the way that God helps you is I could give him, a, I could write him the script out if he would let me. But he doesn't really care about that. Lord, you can help me by, you know, X amount of dollars or, or a better comfortable climate or maybe a temperature you can insert whatever because there are ways that you can suggest to God that he could help you my wife went to the dentist sometime back last year and, and you know they're, they're going to help you they did help her she got staph infection we went three hours in the emergency room and thank God for insurance I think it might have cost us $150 I looked down on that piece of paper and it was $27,500 for three hours. Done a little surgery on her. And, you know, went on our happy way. She got well. And then I got staph infection. 
We're getting ready for vacation. There's a reason for all this, I promise you, and God's going to help you today. Uh, we, we get ready for vacation, and I developed staph infection back in November. And I said, well, after a week or so, I went to the doctor. He gave me some uh, medicine, tried to get rid of it. I didn't know it at the time, but I started getting sick on the vacation. And, uh, you know, you got to, we're the man. We got to be, boy, we got to. And I didn't feel like going to do anything. I didn't feel like getting out of bed. And uh, we went to church that Sunday morning. I went back and said, baby, can we just rest today? It's Sunday. And I didn't want to. Uh, started running fever and, and didn't know what was going on. We finally, we get back home. And by the time we get back to Louisiana, I, I, I'm breaking out all over. I'm, I'm telling you from head to toe, I had, I, I would, I'd never seen a rash so horrific. So the wife gets on the phone calls. Come to find out that I was probably allergic to the antibiotics that they gave me, and they put me on some more antibiotics. Is it okay for me to talk about me? <laughs> and so they put me on another antibiotic, and I found out not only that, but I was dealing with another skin deal that they put me on an antibiotic. And too many antibiotics destroy your probiotics. Uh, we, we had a funeral, a sad funeral back in December. A nephew committed suicide, and Went to that funeral and uh, started getting worse. I had a, a niece in January. I promise you, I'm not looking for sympathy. I had a niece in January. We had prayed her through to, at our church. Oh, beautiful case of the Holy Ghost. And uh, cancer said he. 30-something years old, 36 years old. And she didn't last very long. This is January 2nd, 3rd, 4th. I'm preparing for a funeral. Early morning and I, I got so sick. Some people were assigned to jail cells. I was assigned to the bathroom. And for the next two months, I'd get out of bed. I'd go to church. And I'd put it on, Brother. I'm fine, I'm good. I preach, we, we had a good time. Lord, you're everything, you're my strength, you're my God, you're my Savior. Lord, you're, you, you know, anything I need, you're right there. You set the table in the presence of mine enemy. And, but but it's, that last, it's that, that verse 5 that just always has a way of just, just jumping out where you are at in your life. There are some of you here today that you do not understand totally what God is trying to do in your personal life. And I feel led to tell you, it's not that God is trying to destroy you. It is God that is trying to save you. He has a way of working in your life to make your circumstances better. He has a way of making you stronger. He has a way of building character and putting strength in your personal life that you may not understand. But I'm telling you that someplace in your relationship with God that you're walking, that your prayer time and your prayer meetings are going to have to shift from the saddle. I just love you, Lord, and I thank you, Lord. But there is something of character that begins to grow and 
begins to leak out of you. And I know you, Lord, in the valley of the shadow of death. I know you, God, in the midst of trial and tribulation. Lord, I'm not just choosing to serve you when I'm standing on the top of a mountain and the wind's blowing and the atmosphere's good and everything's fine. But God, I made a contract with you. There's some of us that need to be reminded today of the contract that you made with heaven. There are some of us here today that I feel strong that have reneged on the contract. You see, in order to, to be born into this kingdom, you've got you've to resign. You've got to die. You, you've got to change your, your, your clothing. You've got to put on, on grave clothes because you have tied that, that old death of the old man that will mislead you. It's a good man, but good men don't find themselves saved. It's good people, but good people don't find themselves saved. It's people that say, not my will, God. But thy will be done. I, I was training myself for, I want to do a little fundraiser for the church. Uh, I thought I'd heard from the Lord. I may have, I may not. <laughs> Don't act like you always ride. <laughs> and so I start riding this bicycle, man, just like a wild madman. One day I started, I rode 60 miles in like four hours. I'm like, man, I'm getting ready for a thousand mile run. And I was trying to get a hundred miles a day up my time. And uh, come down with another little problem. I wake up, man, it's Sunday morning. We're going to the house of God. Now, I don't love my people as much as Brother Bushnell loves his people. Give me this tape when you're done. (laughs) About every day I want to go to prison for murder. I'm just going to be honest with you. You you, you can deal with spirits, man. I I like when people come to me and they got demon spirits. I can deal with that. It's when they have spirits of stupidity. No cure, people. There's no cure for it. I get these phone calls. I'm just, you need this. I get these phone calls. Oh, pastor, I'm in trouble. I need some help. I made some mistake. Okay, meet me at the office. We meet. I give, I I pray. We pray together. Okay, this is what I feel like the Lord said. We we can get and put a plan together and move forward. And about three weeks later, they call me back. Pastor, it's bad. It's horrible. I said, well, how's that, that plan working? Oh, well, we didn't try to plan. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) And so I wake up Sunday morning. And I'm looking in the mirror. And and I thought I was getting prepared for a comedy show or something because my face was doing things that I was not telling it to do. And it started drooping and my pronunciation started changing and... I said, baby, something may not be right. And she looked at me and she said, we need to go to the doctor. And I said, well, we'll do that right after church. I need to preach. (laughs) Uh, I've been preaching 10 years and we've done a little good, but I haven't really turned the world upside down. If I did, it landed on me. (laughs) Oh, Lord, what am I doing today? (laughs) 
I'll pay you, pastor. You don't have to pay me. (laughs) Man, you go through stuff, you lose your mind. I did lose my mind. I did find out scripturally that it was, that I was supposed to lose my mind. I didn't realize it was on this level. And, uh, I called my sister. I, said, I didn't want my wife to get worried. I called my sister. And I said, she said, it, it, it seems like a stroke. She said, you really need to go down to the emergency room. They could stop the progress of it. And uh, so I did. I told, told my wife, I felt like it, it was progressing. And so we go in. And now I'm talking all funny. And it spells palsy. And uh, they weren't sure what it was. They had ran a million dollars a test about that. And, and uh, find out it was Bell's palsy. It was a, a rare case of it because it wasn't the uh, traditional. And, and, and I'm talking funny. And, you know, we're tough at first. I got this. Man, this ain't nothing. I can handle this stuff. The first two days wasn't bad, man. I praise God. God's wonderful. It's good. We're having church. We're having revival, man. God's amazing. Isn't he good? Yeah, well, why you're looking like you're looking and talking. Oh, God's going to fix all this. But then reality sets in. There's a possibility that this might not change. There's a possibility. Mm. Oh, right here. Right here. There's a possibility that your circumstance will never change. And I just want to tell you that the devil's a liar because when I fall... In God's economy, I land straight up. I bounce right back up. And uh, I'm thinking now, I, I, I've got a couple of preachers in the church, and they would out-preach me any day, and I, I'd just call them and get them to preach Tuesday night. How you feel about that, Lord? The Lord says, no. He says, you're going to preach Tuesday night. Now, don't be offended, but I, I, I'm not too good at Brother Alan Oggs, if you remember him. I'm not making fun of him, but that's really how I sounded. I couldn't hear good. This side was wiped out. I, I, I just, and the Lord says, you're going to preach. And I'm thinking, man, this is the hardest thing I've done in my life. I'm being honest with you, church. It's the hardest thing I've done in my life. And I get up there and I preach and preach and I preach. And the Holy Ghost actually moved. I found out that he'll move. He can use anything. And I said, you know what, Lord? It took a day or two after the initial three days and that that it sunk in. And uh, yeah, though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. You know what's so bad about going through things? It's not sure if you're going to come out. The entry mark is not as bad. The, the con- confrontation of, of your troubles are not as bad. But it's when you settle down or hunker, hunker down and you're not sure that where you are at, if this actually is going to change. I know preachers preach about it. Pastor tells me and he encourages me and he prays for me. But in my reality, it does not seem like it's going to change. And so I get up and I made up my mind. I said, Lord, if I have to whisper to serve your will, 
for you to have your will in my life. Now, my wife had to deal with all of this. You know, we men hide a lot, but our wives really know the difference. And she's so respectful of my privacy that she doesn't embrace it. My weaknesses. And God is working. He's speaking this whole time through the different segments of where I'm at in my life. God is speaking to me. He's still talking to me. He's still giving me direction. Man, church was booming. We were having revival. We were packed up. They were parking down the roads in the early parts of the year. When I was on the mountaintop. (laughs) But you can't live there, church. I'm almost done. You can't live with just sunshine. You'll never have a garden. You'll never have fruit trees. You'll never have a build of character. If, if everything goes well, if the wind doesn't blow and knock you down occasionally, if you don't get into a storm that you lose your, your, your balance and your, your, your views and your vision for just a moment. I'm, t- I'm talking to people that to tell you today it's okay to wake up in the morning and not know how to, to put one foot in front of the other. I'm speaking to somebody today to tell you that there are days that you wake up and you're not sure how you're going to make it through today but I don't want to leave you like that can I tell you that there is a God that says I will never leave you nor forsake you but I will be with you to the end he's not planning on leaving you that writer songwriter many years ago wrote that song you picked a fine time to leave me Lucille I think four hungry children and a crop in the field Somebody say, don't leave me now, Lucille. I'm preaching to somebody. I know it's totally different from my style. But I'm preaching to someone today. Amen. That in your mind, you are warring. In your spirit, you are battling. Amen. There there, there are things you're facing feeling, emotions that you're dealing with in your life, in your walk with God, in, in your daily family, and, and that you don't understand, and you're, 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 you're just asking God, why, 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 God? I just learned, don't ask questions that you don't really want the true answers to, and certainly not to God. So I... I Sister Carrie, I didn't ask God why all these sicknesses. But I'll tell you what I did. Lord, use me. I'm not a good man, but I want to be more compassionate to people that are sick. And I had never been sick. I had to catch up on that. (laughs) I've never been confined, but I have been confined to the restroom for two months in the early part of this year. And I'm not trying to be ugly, but I want to help you today. I feel pain in this place today, church. I feel folks that are hurting. I wouldn't recognize it had not I felt it. I would not be able to identify with it had not I, I been overwhelmed by it. But there are things that you are going through that you do not understand. And you see folks, you're looking. Ma'am. I'm not going to point you out. I know who you are, and I'm just going to let you know because I want God 
I want you to know that God's working, but you're, you're looking around and you're seeing people and they, they look so, so perfect. They, they, they could raise their hands and worship and love God and they, they look perfect, they, they, they talk perfect, they, 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 their lifestyle's perfect, their family's perfect from your view. And you're hurting on the inside and you're broken on the inside and you, you said, God, I've, I've, I've attempted to serve you and, and Lord, I'm just so broken and so, so handicapped and, and so I just can't really do this and, and you're having these conversations in your mind with God. I know you are, I feel it. And so let me just phrase it for you today. Just what you really feel. Don't leave me now, Lucille. I know it's cornal, but I just want to tell you that God's not planning. God's not planning on a departure. He's not planning on, on, on slipping out. He's building. He's working. He, he's putting things in. He's putting things together. Just lift up your hands, church, right now. God's doing something in this place this morning. It's dark. It's weary. Oh, I hurt. I, I can't really express it because I don't have the words to even describe what I'm feeling. But I want to tell you today that God knows right where you're at. And you're screaming, don't leave me now. And God's telling you, I, I want to just reassure you in all the verbiage of hell that's communicating to you that you are valueless and you don't mean anything and you don't matter. And God's telling you, stand, 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 stand. Stand still and see the redemption of the Lord. Know that I am God and I am with you. Don't leave me now, God. Don't leave me in a dry place. Don't leave me in a desert God I'm telling you God never planned on leaving you it's here there's an anointing in this place lest the the wheat fall from the branch and it's broken it cannot bear much fruit all I can say is honey we got a crop on the way you ought to be saying it's bad today but it's a beautiful day tomorrow Some of you have been crushed and you are crushed by divine appointment. You are crushed with specific reasons of God. He is breaking because the seed cannot protrude into the soil unless the outer shell was broke. And when God starts breaking you and taking self out of you and start taking man out of you and woman out of you and putting more of God in you, I'm telling you that I needed God to break me like I'd never been broke because I was so filled with me. But now I can finally say I'm getting finally to the place, Pastor, where God can use me for His glory, where God can get all the glory and that 
I can step out. I'm preaching to somebody to tell you today that God must break you where you are at. That seed must break for it to bear forth fruit. Those years of praying for revival and those years of praying for a breakthrough in your family. It only comes, honey, with a severe price and a divine intervention of heaven. Let's stand. He's near. He's near, church. Joshua talked about the valley of calamity. Psalms 84 talked about the valley of weeping. Hosea talked about the valley of trouble. David talked about the valley of the shadow of death. And God still moves on the face of the earth in spite of my calamity, my folly, my failure, my weakness. And you got about eight minutes that these altars are open that you may need to come and put your brokenness in the soil today to reap your crop. If God has spoken to you and you know that the Holy Ghost is dealing with you, I'm asking you to, to hurriedly step out and come. We're not looking for sympathy. We're not, I'm not preaching for a pat on the back or any kind of recognition today. I'm just telling you that the Lord woke me up in the morning and said, this is what you're going to do today in spite of what I wanted to do. And the Lord's going to have his way. But I'm telling you that if you will hearken to the mind of God, you'll come through. He'll come through. If you haven't been in the valley, you're having the privilege of standing on the mountaintop and those are wonderful places. Would you come behind those that have not? 